0: Welcome to the Localization Fireside Chat. I'm Robin Ayoub, your host. Join me for captivating conversations with industry leaders exploring localization, translation, and global communication. Ignite your curiosity as we expand your horizons through these conversations. So let's dive in together into the Localization Fireside Chat. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Localization Fireside Chat Podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Robin Ayoub, as you probably know me already by now, I'm the founder of this platform. And to those who aren't familiar with me, you can check me out on LinkedIn. Happy to connect with you and lovely to meet you at some point. And if you would like to be part of this channel, you'd like to bring your conversation to this channel, happy to host you. And if you have, a, if you have any idea uh, of a show that you like to do with me, Uh, please email me and connect with me. I am honored this morning, uh, today, to be joined by my good friend and uh, industry colleague, Bruno Peter from uh, Blackbird. And when I uh, heard that Bruno is involved with an initiative uh, such as Blackbird, I kind of had the uh, feeling, nobody told me anything, but just had a feeling, it's going to be exciting, it's going to be revolutionizing Uh, the industry in some ways. So I couldn't wait to have this conversation with Bruno. I was excited to have him on the show with me to explain to my audience and the audience of this channel about this exciting initiative. So Bruno, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Localization Fireside Chat and non-scripted conversation this morning over coffee together. And uh, hopefully we can tell the audience what Blackbird is all about. So would you mind introducing yourself first? We'd love to get to know you on a personal level and on a professional level. And then we'll dig into the Blackbird initiative. The floor is yours.
1: Good morning, Robin. Great to be on your show. And I love that you're doing this, creating a community within a community. The only regret I have is that we don't have it in person since we are both in Toronto, right? We could sit next to a fire crackling and have that conversation maybe in the next episode um so my name is bruno better uh, i am the one of the co-founders of blackbird.io as i work as the ceo of this new startup i am a hungarian living in canada i am a father of two kids dog lover espresso lover serial entrepreneur this is my fourth company and yeah i'm very passionate about blackbird and this this is what keeps my focus and juices flowing.
0: Well, good to have you on the show again, one more time. And you know, I remember when I met you, and we took a walk after our meal in uh, when we had lunch. We took a walk in the park up on uh, the Don sure. Valley area, and yep. I really enjoyed that. You, you had the dog with you. You mentioned the dog now. I was going to ask you how was the dog doing, but <laughs> and we had a, we yes. had an interesting walk. It was a fall season. I remember the leaves were turning. Yeah. So.
1: Beautiful fall season in Toronto. Legendary. Yeah, it was in Excellent. Sherwood Park. I remember well. our dog, uh, Ginger, she was still a puppy then. Um, she That's has grown. grown. She's three and a half. She's lovely. She's very, you know, she's, she's not the Instagram version of a golden retriever. Because when you get a puppy, they're not like that, right? A puppy dog is not someone you can enjoy the sunset because they're just all over the place. But now she has mellowed out. And she's actually here next to me.
0: Excellent. Yes, so, so great. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about uh, the new initiative, the new company that you're uh, putting together, that you're launching. And I think from, I went on your website, it looks uh, formidable in terms of the idea, in terms of the concept. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Blackbird. Would you mind introducing the audience to Blackbird in your own words?
1: Blackbird is a workflow orchestration platform that enables integrations, automations, and orchestration of processes. There are other software that do this. In fact, this is a very mature category of software often called IPaaS, which stands for Integration Platform as a Service or Workflow Orchestration. It's exemplified by large vendors, some of them quite well-known like Zapier or Make.com. Then there are enterprise-focused players like Recato or MuleSoft or Trade.io. Uh What makes Blackbird unique, and which is the whole reason of our existence, is that the mainstream vendors are not focusing on language. They're not even focusing on content. When they think of integration, they think of more data-oriented products like CRMs, and they think of integrating, connecting the dots within one organization typically one enterprise now that's not the landscape we have in the language industry right a we are working with content we are working with languages which is very special very very different from let's say connecting crm to some other business system two we have a value chain a supply chain of end clients vendors often sub vendors so we have this unique uh, supply chain so when we want to offer an orchestration product, we have to take all of these into consideration even at the core of a product and definitely when it comes to the application layer. So we wanted to uh, create a unique product that has the language industry's special needs and considerations at the center. And this came at a special time where we see the very rapid, rapid emergence of key new technologies from MTQE the large language models. And this gave us the opportunity to build a platform that can also serve as a platform to make sense of some of these new technologies, to deploy large language models, to experiment with some of these new opportunities. And So, um, uh,
0: yeah. go ahead, go ahead, Bruno. Sorry, I dropped. I thought you finished. Go ahead. I just wanted
1: to reflect on one more thing. This We are already in year two, uh, so we've started working on the concept just over 2 years ago uh, we had our prototype about a year and a half ago and by last year when we we went to lockwood silicon valley which was our moment out of stealth mode we had a pretty mature mvp and and today we consider blackbird ready to be a commercial grid product
0: and and so is it my understanding correct me if i'm wrong and you know this this uh, this is we're trying to get to know through this conversation you know the strategy, the product, who is, does it serve? So, is it really primarily targeting the, the language industry, the localization industry, or you have a broader vision for for the, for the software? Well,
1: the language industry in itself is pretty broad, very diverse. It has so many um, bio segments, if you want to use this term, with uh, different needs. So, for now, we we want to stay very focused. We don't want to scatter ourselves around the map. We want to deliver on, on our promises to create something that is very useful
0: mm-hmm. and
1: very relevant for the language industry. Within the industry, there are at least three large subset of groups we, we, we are engaging with. First, there are the language solution providers where technology and the ability to deliver not just services, quality services, but process and technology is increasingly important. So there we help companies to become tech-enabled and we have te- already tech-enabled companies to keep their edge or even increase it. Then there are the end ent- clients, the buyers on the enterprise side that are always looking at new ways to create efficiencies, new ways to automate better, be sometimes early adopters of new opportunities. And last not, last but not least, there are all the adjacent technology vendors, from TMS to MT to audiovisual, who are all also looking at a number of challenges when it comes to connectivity. And Blackbird can be a partner of all these companies. So we not just integrate with many of these adjacent technologies, but partner with them. And altogether, this this means a full plate for us. In the future, we might venture out. So one obvious opportunity is the content industry with content marketing, marketing in general. And we might see very interesting developments in that area, especially due to the impact of large language model and that whole new architecture emerging around large language models.
0: So if I was you know, to ask you this question, like as an entrepreneur, you know, there's, as you know, there's about 19,000 companies in our localization industry that they dil- directly deliver services to various customers. It's a horizontal service; goes across many other industries, etc. So, if I was a, an entrepreneur, owns a translation company of sort, and or a language company of sort, and then I'm considering this conversation, and I'm interested in implementing your tool in my process. So, what can you tell them? about the primary benefits that they will gain if they're considering this platform. What are the primary benefits they will gain from implementing BlackBerry.io?
1: Yeah, so starting with the most basic, prospects often ask, what can you connect to my system? And those systems can range from content management systems to proprietary tools. And the ability to answer them in a positive way often determines the outcome of that opportunity so being able to say yes because we are integrated on blackbird or we use blackbird then that often means the ability to move forward and close the deal and and focus on other areas so we we eliminate this problem and challenge of not being able to connect or achieving the connectivity everybody seeks faster because sometimes things are possible, but just too slow and too expensive. So it's also about, you know, moving from months to sometimes days to, to, mm-hmm. to create something, to, to go to production. So that's a starting point, right? And then for larger companies, it's increasingly stable th- stakes at RFPs to to demonstrate that they have advanced technology so we see that even in an rfi stage which is usually the first stage you know a large demanding enterprise will want to narrow down the shortlist and they will narrow it down there will will be many factors as we know including compliance and of course uh, the roster of references but increasingly process data technology these are very important so for larger companies um to, to be able to demonstrate that they have such technology. What Blackbird is can mean the ability to be there at the large RFPs and compete with, with big companies. And this, so, uh, this they- is also... Uh, yeah, just last thought, Ramin. also leveling the playing field, because in the past to, to have such technology, you would have to build it and have investment of millions. So very few, even if you look at the NIMSY 100 list, which is the elite club of LSPs, actually only a fraction have full-fledged technologies for all these areas. Uh, But with Blackbird, it it functions uh, in a SaaS model, so you don't need to build it. You can just uh, purchase a subscription and have.
0: So one of the uh, points that you bring that you brought up is, and I saw actually a little bit of that on on your website, is integration out of the box integration. Sort of a most of these integrations, as we know, in some cases, specifically for you know, like as you know, there's like 12,000. I heard the name, the number in terms of content management systems out there. Yeah, there are the famous ones like the 80/20 rules in every industry. You've got the 80 percent, you know, 20 percent of the top 80 of the of the market, but You've got a slew of others that they are proprietary to a large extent. And some of them they're, you know, they allow for connectivity, seamless connectivity, which you can build software around it as you as you probably have done. But most of them are I call them a little bit of obscure because they don't they're not well known. Some people choose them because of their price, because of their situation, because of the service that they offer. How, my 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 question is when we talk about out-of-the-box integration, how out-of-the-box integration?
1: Yeah. First, I want to acknowledge that, yeah, the numbers you cited are quite precise. G2 B2B software review site today has over 2,000 categories of software and tens of thousands of software reviewed. So that's part of the challenge that over the past 10 years, the world has seen a proliferation of software, which is a good thing, right? But it also poses big challenges, even if you narrow it down to B2B software, and if you further narrow it down to software that uh, clients use, it still in the hundreds. So, one way to mitigate it is by building a framework that can handle that, and the key technology for us, but in general, is having an SDK, software development kit, that is versatile enough to 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 work efficiently in. In such a world that lets you not just build, let's say, a proprietary or a niche connector from zero to production in a shorter time, but also to be able to change the specification because that's also part of the problem that the connectors we have been used to were way too rigid. So they had a very finite specification, and if you needed something else or a little different, let's say you had an API, um, custom API endpoint, and it it wasn't there, you were stuck, then you had to go to custom development route and, and build it from scratch. So one of the key objectives for us to have an SDK that allows us, but also each of our clients to build connectors faster and to be able to tweak connectors very rapidly. And we also built Blackbird to be a code deployment platform. So when a user builds a proprietary connector, a private app on Blackbird, they can deploy it on Blackbird, which is very powerful. It really makes things very efficient and very scalable. So that's, that's our answer, but For us, having connectors is is only the starting point. So yes, you have a connector, you connect and And then what? As my colleague Matthijs likes to say. And this then what is is what the essence of Blackboard is. We have a visual canvas where users without having to use code, so it's fully point-and-click, can define the workflow they want to have. With many connectors, we have been working in our market connectors predefine the process. They say it's point to point between two systems, let's say CMS and the TMS. It's linear, it's one way, mm-hmm. and then that's it. We don't define that. We let our users use our canvas to create the process and that process can be linear or non-linear. It can have two or as many steps as needed. And usually before when you had this complexities, let's say something had to be nonlinear or have special operators, you would have to use engineers to, to build it because it was so unique to your needs. And now we we have a visual editor where non-engineers can very quickly create a prototype that works. So working prototype, it can it can it can be executed, it can be measured. It's very easy to create iterations of a process, something that's very common in marketing, right, A-B testing, creating variations of something and quickly finding out, measuring and finding out which performs the best and going with that. That's, that's a key idea we want to implement in, in Blackbird, enabling that to, to create multiple versions of something, measuring it quickly, looking at it with various stakeholders and quickly coming to a final production-ready workflow.
0: So most, based on what I'm understanding, Bruno, most of the functionality, and I mean, not most, but one of the most important functionality is to connect the content to the language service provider using these automated tools that users can build on by themselves. So it sounds like your platform is more of a a, a platform, not necessarily just using a, you know, like we use a typical software to conduct a specific transaction more of a development platform that is very intuitive, point and click, as you mentioned earlier. If something doesn't exist out of the box, the rest of it is pretty easy to generate and you can deploy it on, on your platform. Am I summarizing it correctly or? Yeah, the
1: platform in the
0: meaning that it's extendable.
1: Yes, we, we want to apply the Pareto principle. You referenced that 80-20 rule. So we want to have things ready out of the box that the majority of users will want uh, yeah. but everything else we do not want to be the bottleneck so we have developer tools like the sdk that enables uh, partners to to be sure. autonomously creating uh, things that they want um and the first part of your question was about the uh, you know the use case of content to tmss yes that that's a very mature use case that still has challenges in the industry. And we can we can enable that. But there are a number of other use cases that are very interesting, important. One of them is the fact that most LSPs uh, are using not one single TMS, but multiple TMSs. They have to. And these tools, and even the categories of tools do not uh, seamlessly connect with each other. Uh, which which creates data silos. It creates a lot of manual error-prone processes. It puts a lot of strain on project managers leading to burnout. There are so many manual steps. So we, yeah. we focus on that. And then where it gets really interesting today is how you can start using new technologies and technologies that our industry hasn't really used before, like analytics, machine translation with more advanced more advanced uh, approaches, MTQE, aka risk prediction, and this whole AI landscape. So we we also are really inspiring keynote speech about innovation strategies. And the approach was, I'm simplifying it, but you need to manage multiple horizons when you want to be good in innovation in your industry. There's the, There's basically the most immediate time horizon, right? The existing processes, which you want to improve continuously, so apply some kind of Kaizen principle. Then there's the day after tomorrow, things that are, you know, midterm focused, which might involve starting to apply new technologies and new ways of working. And then it's really important to allocate some bandwidth for, an even longer time horizon and not push that can always kick that can always down the road. And when we demonstrate Blackbird, we try to take that approach, show how this technology can apply some Kaizen principle to things you're already doing, right? Taking content from content management systems and putting it in a business management system, setting up orders, creating in the TMS, how to automate it trip. But then we also talk about how you can start using MT in more efficient ways, how you can start using analytics. And then we, we love to show how we can already do really amazing things with LLMs and this whole LLM ops space that really erupted in the last six,
0: nine months. Absolutely erupted. Everybody's talking about LLM now and Gen AI and it sounds like it's the uh, conversation of uh, the hour one of the things i noticed on your website that the one of the benefits i would think uh, especially in an industry where you know all the new technologies are addressing the productivity of the translator trying to make the translator a lot more productive to reduce costs etc but in industry if you take a scan across the industry globally most of the internal employees for the industry are project managers because for the large extent, for the you know for the norm, if you will, there are exceptions, of course. Translators generally are freelancers. They're not necessarily direct employees in, in many cases. So one thing I noticed on your website is there is a, an impact, and it sounds like there is an impact, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you can explore that a little bit here, on the productivity of the project manager. Because one of the things I've noticed in dealing with multiple customers, uh, single individual project manager, dealing with multiple customers, multiple preferences, multiple systems, multiple types of documents. There's a lot of manual typing, you know, clicking and dragging. There's one, you know, a lot of details that project manager has to do. And from what I noticed on on your, on your website, it sounds like you can design workflows. You can enable some of those, Uh, reduce some of those steps, enable a little bit more productivity for a project manager. Can you explore that a little bit? What's the impact on a project manager?
1: Well, hopefully the impact is that there will be less stress and less burnout and less trying to spin one too many plates. The key to automation doesn't start with technology. It starts with awareness and, and having the clarity, being able to articulate what is happening, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? So that's the often the harder part, right? having that clarity of what's going on? but sophisticated organizations have that awareness they, they are having conversations around that. How could we do it differently? how how, how, could we, how could we eliminate some of the silos and manual processes? And these are our best partners for us, where the conversation starts with problem mapping right the problem space is clear because then technology like ours can really build new new processes so yes let's say the problem is that system but that these systems don't connect with business management systems where the project managers create need to create orders part of the problem of automating in in a way that's not sophisticated enough is that you don't want to automate one-to-one, you want to do batching processes. I don't want to get too technical here today, but really understanding the day-to-day uh, problems and the way project managers do work uh, is, is key to build better processes. So yeah, we 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 think we can move towards a world where project managers role evolves into hopefully something that is more meaningful for everyone. We have seen that happening in other industries that better automation didn't make professional's jobs redundant or irrelevant, it, it, enhanced, it enhanced them. We have seen it in the 1980s with spreadsheet tools. It didn't get rid of accountants. In fact, it created this whole new era of personal finance management and, and accountants could shift more into consultant role. And they can charge actually higher rates because they don't actually need to do the stuff that Excel does. And we have seen it across many, many industries. And and I think we are in the middle of seeing this transformation in our industry that project managers hopefully will start seeing more and more of their time get freed up because they don't need to do those chores anymore. And that frees them up Become more focused on plans, and hopefully, more more and more project managers can uh, also receive training to become more like solution engineers, discussing processes, discussing ways of working, and having tools that, like Blackbird, they can use to to implement. So that that's our vision for for the evolving role of the project manager.
0: No, um, uh, you bring up a very good point, and I'm reminded by a conversation I've been having in this industry for the past 21 years, as long as I've been here, is that you know, we should have a concept instead of the project manager being in the process, they should be outside the process, monitoring the process. And and, and I find the, that evolution, right or wrong, I don't know, but it has not really evolved, evolved that much to a large extent, the project manager still primarily is the process and yes. not outside the process monitoring how things are going and only dealing with exceptions. And, and you know one of the things I keep talking about, especially now when I hear AI and everybody is so excited about AI and I'm um, keep talking on this channel about the impact of AI and it has to be a very positive impact on the project manager, on how we do decision-making and how we route things and how we complete things. There's a lot of learning there and a lot of possibilities there to improve, you know, the life of, of a project manager in our industry. Because let's face it, they're on the front end of things. They're on the front of customer service. They're on the front end of managing expectations from customers. And they are on the front end of dealing with the inside, you know, the internal the internal process, meaning the translators, the desktop publishers, etc that part of it has to get a little bit better and much better down the road because translation is not reducing, it's increasing back to your uh, analogy about Excel spreadsheets with accountants. It doesn't mean that the new technologies that are being introduced and the innovation has been introduced into the industry is reducing the amount of work that this industry is doing allowing us to elevate and innovate a little bit and, and produce more value to the industries that we are serving. In the way we're serving them
1: i fully agree robin i really resonate with that message you you just said so well yeah that should be the the goal uh having project managers who are not the process but who are monitoring the process one of my favorite examples is the u.s air force's transition from manned planes to drones so we don't actually have tom hanks or tom cruise guys flying those airplanes. So you would think that, oh, um, then pilots have lost their jobs. It's a sad story. But now, actually, these drones employ more people. They just don't need to fly it. They need to, yeah, monitor the process as you put it. And and the type of roles are are really enhanced. So it's of course a pilot's role was already very sophisticated. But today we see that Data analysis and all kinds of technology are involved in, in in operating these flights, but you don't need to physically operate it. So yeah, to your point, that that is what we should want to see more of in, in businesses.
0: Now, <clears throat> you went through a development period. So you went through, you, you called it early on in the conversation in stealth mode. You went into a development period, then you launched in the world. And so tell us, what is the status right now for Blackbird in terms of commercialization? Where are you right now in terms of commercializing uh, the software? you have customers? Is marketing going on now, et cetera? So.
1: Yes. So we are definitely in the commercial stage, but we don't look at, I don't look at commercialization as an event. It's It's a process, right? It comes in in incremental stages. So um, we definitely came out of stealth mode at Lockworld, went to Gala this past March, went to Lockworld again in Malmö. We started exhibiting, started showing ourselves, participating in the Process Innovation Challenge. So marketing has started, right? Talking about who we are, what we would like to enable, what Blackbird is. We started with engaging the different segments of the market and we have started offering trials and POC projects about six, nine months ago, onboarding clients into actual uh, sandbox environments that can run end-to-end processes. In the initial periods, we knew that this is not yet going fully to production. This is still about learning. This is about getting feedback from early adopters In exchange, offering these early adopters uh, influence over our roadmap, um, helping us shape this roadmap going forward. And today we see that the gap analysis that typically comes out of a first discovery call is shrinking every, every month. Six months ago, most clients would say that, oh, this is really great. We want to use it, but we would also determine a number of gaps, things we would still need to do, be it some apps that need to be supported, or even things in the core platform. And about four or five months ago, we started seeing that. Now, more often than not, that gap is very small, or it's not there. So we're super happy to see it. And being uh, commercial-ready isn't just about core functionality or or application, but even things around security and compliance. And luckily we we were mindful of that. So we started the compliance journey about nine months ago. It's not the most exciting topic, but we knew that to be really ready for for large clients, we will need to have things like SOC 2. And we have it today. So today we have many many conversations each each week you know we have i think a pretty healthy uh, vibrant pipeline of prospects and uh, we are able to onboard the majority of these prospects today so very quickly go to signing some kind of agreement going to a sandbox identifying what what should be the first the first workflow and then the first six so we are we are at this stage and in the first couple of years, as it should be, we were focusing on the product. So most of the people in our team were engineers, product managers, UX designers, and I'm still very inspired every day that the majority of this company is product driven. That said, with clients onboarded, we have to start growing our client operations. We have to have people who are good in customer success management and probably marketing, more marketing and more sales.
0: So for our audience, you've heard it here, Blackbird.io is ready to accept customers. And for those who are, and, and I highly encourage you, I am very excited about this product. I'm very pro, pro you know, revolutionizing the industry and taking it to the next level in terms of innovation. This product is, this software, this platform, it's gonna really have a great positive impact to any businesses that will take a look at it and see how they can apply it in their life, in their business life. I highly encourage everybody who's listening to this uh, podcast and this YouTube channel, reach out to Bruno. Blackbird.io is the website. You can reach out to them. And this is exciting. You know, Everything I'm hearing today from Bruno is in a great um, excitement uh, in terms of how we are going to continuously innovate in our industry. Let's face it, if we don't innovate, or you don't advance further. That means we're back and we're backward, and you, nobody wants to go backward because that's the end of things. So to continue moving forward, I guess we, as business owners, as who are looking always for efficiency, for doing things better for their customers and for their staff, they need to always look for new ideas. And the new idea here today is Blackbird.io. I can't repeat it far, fast enough or, or more enough. Make sure that you check check them out on their website. Reach out to Bruno and his team. Happy to help you out and I'm glad you brought up compliance because one of the things in data today, in today's world with everything that's going around cyber security, intrusion, you know, the, the list goes on, compliance, compliance, compliance. Everybody is talking about compliance from the European rules to the North American rules and you are a global company, you'd be serving global customers. So there are various compliances to various regions. Curious,
1: how do you manage that? You need to set aside resources. So uh, there's uh, unfortunately no magic wand uh, that can make it happen. It's still <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, uh, there have been some interesting changes. And one, one um, change that has been particularly helpful for us is the emergence of a new type of software called compliance automation which almost overnight in the past couple of years became a billion-dollar software segment. And we are working with one of the market leaders in that segment, a company called Andrada, and it really accelerated our journey into compliance readiness. It, it helped us create full awareness of what compliance means across various regions, what, what is GDRP, what is ISO, 2701, what is SOC2, what, what is HIPAA, And after starting working with them, after onboarding them into their platform in a few days, we saw the gap analysis. What are the things that we already checked? What are the things we need to focus on? And and that has helped us accelerate our our readiness. So that was helpful, but still we needed to make sure that we have compliance capacity experts here. Um, And I expect that to become even more important. So you already said compliance, compliance, compliance. you might hear it being said five times in some conversations. <laughs> so <laughs> I, expect, I expect that to happen, but I'm usually relieved because it comes up in most calls, even during the first call, and, and it's such a relief to be able to say, hey, we have SAC 2, we are audited by a third-party American organization. One thing that Drada can do and this type of compliance readiness platforms can do is actually generate a live, real-time link a company like us can share with clients that show the real-time status of hundreds of compliance controls so that's really cool that even between two audit periods which yield a pdf document or a word document we can show a dashboard of hundreds of live controls uh, um, showing how we are faring and this is especially important for a tech company like us and especially important Mm -hmm. for a middleware company where we are routing data and content so everybody will want to know where does our data reside and what happens the story the, and then being then being able to answer it and say that it's not just us to say it we have independent auditors i think is a, a big reassurance.
0: Because one of the, uh, you know, I mean, sorry, I can, I have a thousandth question for you, but maybe we'll do that some other discussion and I want to make sure that we're sticking to the time here, but maybe the next conversation we'll do it face-to-face. I'm I'm set up to do that. Like the channel is set up to do face-to-face and then I'll do the, we'll do another discussion with you face-to-face in Toronto here. But one of the things that adjacent to compliance is uh, the, uh, what we call the uh, geolocation of data. So where is the data residing? And there are some particular countries, industries that the transition industry or localization industry deals with, they do not allow their data to be taken outside the country. Yep. Have you you know can you elaborate a little bit on this one? What's your answer to that?
1: We decided to work with the best store, at least one of the best infrastructure providers, Microsoft, Azure. So Blackbird is built on Azure. <laughs> Azure enables or our technology to be deployed in any of the regions they have 100 plus regions so today we can offer blackbird to be deployed in the eu and in germany in the us these are our two choices now but hopefully very soon we will start talking with canadian prospects who will ask us to right. deploy it in canada and then we will make that happen with azure it's it's not it's not a complicated thing And I worked a couple of years at MamoQ and we had a pretty refined cloud strategy there. It also started with two cloud centers, U.S. and E.U., and during my years, it it went from multiple data centers in the U.S. We added Canada just during uh, the time I I made my move here, added Japan, added the Middle East, so I hope to see a rapid rollout of different regions. And one of the hot... Um of these days is being multi-cloud, so we can do this on Azure. But what's on our roadmap is to be to offer it multiple infrastructure providers. So okay. we want we want to say not just choose your region, but choose your cloud infrastructure.
0: Very uh, flexible platform because most of the platforms they invest a lot of money into or a lot of effort into building something, and they neglect you know the. the the amount of possibilities that are out there, amount of possibilities of platforms, possibilities of choice by customer, et cetera. So what I'm hearing here is that platform is built on the idea of being flexible, being flexible in terms of content management software that you can connect to, being flexible on how you deploy it, being flexible on what users they use it, how they use it, designing workflows, And that's very eye-opening for me because most platforms are written, they do have offer some flexibility, but with flexibility comes rigidity down the road because if you don't continuously update the software on what's new, what's coming, you know, I used to say, you know, technology changes every year, now technology changes every month. There's brand new idea coming up. There's a brand new platform such as Blackboard every day coming out onto the market. So I love the idea of dealing with a software or platform organization that is built on being flexible and that should give a lot of comfort to potential customers and potential users of your the, of the platform. I do hope that this conversation today allows more conversations for you, more positive conversations with you, with your uh, potential customers, prospects and partners, hopefully. And before I close the, uh, the conversation. Uh, what is your hope and desire and your vision for Blackbird, short-term, medium-term, and long-term?
1: Yes, I love to talk about that. I'm very future-oriented, and I'm trying to be mindful that that's also a risk, because I need to focus on the present, too. But I just love to you know, have, have a question like this, and something I ask myself every day, too, and we have conversations with my colleagues about it. So today, the way we look at the market is is really recognizing that there are three larger ecosystems. So one ecosystem is our known ecosystem, well represented by maps like NIMS's technology assets that in a very visual way show what this ecosystem looks like, what are the key categories. Another ecosystem we see and we feel that we are connecting to that definitely is is content operations, ecosystems. But this does include all the content management systems where content is authored and published, but also content management systems in the wider sense of this world where content is stored, where content is measured, where content is reported on. So things like cloud storage systems, things like analytics tools, things like planning tools around content, very large ecosystem and much larger industry in total than than the language industry. And in the past six, past nine months, we have seen the really rapid dizzying emergence of a third ecosystem, and that's the ecosystem of LLM Ops, as some choose to call it these days, a new architecture around large language models that includes large language models with APIs like and entropics cloud and OpenAI, of course the, the biggest name but also other key te- technologies like vector databases the ability to create pipelines prompt chaining of these technologies and increasingly today when we talked about our purpose to connect things we are not just talking about connecting individual applications to each other but really accelerating the convergence of these three areas. And and I'm really excited about seeing what magic comes out of that when we move, let's say, data analytics, the ability to not just move content into a TMS, but measure business outcomes, measure engagements, and ultimate around business metrics like that. And that's what I talked about at the Process Innovation Challenge at MAMU. And we are doing a lot. We are investing a lot into making that, not just action- actionable, it's already it's actionable, but making it really, really sophisticated, but also easy to use at the same time. So what I realized a couple months ago that when I go to a meetup, like I was just at Coheres Meetup here in Toronto two weeks ago, they have the headquarter here on uh, John Street, just off Queen West. And there were a lot of, you know, PhD, AI, AI PhD students from Waterloo and Toronto University. You know they asked me what I do. And I said, I'm in the language industry. And they all nodded, thinking that they understand. And, and some would even say, yeah, me too. I'm in the language industry. But what was interesting that it very quickly turned out that they have no awareness of whatsoever what we call the language industry. They have never heard of that NIMSI ecosystem. When they say language industry, they mean, oh, I work with technologies like Cohere. I'm into, you know, lang chaining. And I, I'm using Cohere in my phd work so what really hit me is that wow we we have two language industries now with no awareness of each other or very low level of of influence so what what, one of our missions and this is not the short short term but the midterm is to really help make it into one so that it so that this new shadow language industry is fully aware that There's a very mature industry with uh, immense wealth of know-how when it comes to dealing with language, language operations, and also the other way around that we have a deeper sense of what LLM architecture means beyond So this is the midterm, and I don't know, maybe we should talk about the long term the next time we follow up next to a real
0: (laughs) fire I I would love that. I would love to sit down and do a session on, you know, what does the future look like? You know, sort of like the Star Trek, if you will, of of the language industry in terms of, you know, what would happen to the language industry if we continue innovating, continue developing it. And, you know, the question of when I say what happened is not exist or does not exist. I'm talking about an evolution of the industry and taking it to the next level. The industry will always be around. I mean, this is where you know, the concern for some of my audience and I received some messages, you know, from people who are impacted by AI, but, you know, I'm not going to comment too much on that one because it could be an individual thing or whatever the case may be, they lost their job because of AI, I don't know. Uh, but the opportunity that the new technology, the new platforms that are coming onto the technology is presenting to the language industry or all other industries, to be honest with you, not just the techn- language industry, it's immense, uh, it's an immense a thing because now with technology we can do more with less we can provide more and, and we, we cannot have to always keep thinking in the language industry what is the mission and the vision for the language industry is connecting people together the more we translate the more we communicate the more, more we enable messages between demographics the more we contribute positively to the world because you know what my last uh, topic I talked about and you're from you're, you're from outside of Canada you're raising a family here and you know what I'm talking about I interviewed Carrie Fisher a few weeks ago and and we talked about kids learning languages at an early stage of their life and the it, fundamental impact that they will have on their life as they grow in terms of positive impact so more languages more connectivity more messages that's what the industry is is about i mean you know, sub-Saharan languages—they deserve to be communicated. They deserve content that is only being published in North America or in Europe. How do we get that message over to them? How do we get the message over to those, you know, many demographics area that we don't hear talk about much because we're involved in the 80/20 rules again—the 20% of the in the 20% of the languages around the world. But our industry could use those technologies, could use ideas such as yours to continue enhancing and enabling more communication globally to various uh, centers of the world. Uh, by ending uh, this uh, conversation, I really want to thank you, uh, Bruno, for coming on. Always good to see you. For your, our conversation this morning was completely enlightening for me. I enjoyed it. Uh, I hope the audience, I hope you get something positive out of this. Check out my our YouTube channel, check out our podcast. Resulting of this conversation, there will be publishing a, YouTube video, we'll also be publishing the audio portion in terms of podcast, It'll be available on all podcast channels. And we'll also be publishing a, a press release. And for this, I want to thank multi-language, multi-language media for, for helping and supporting this channel. And also I'll be publishing a blog post about this particular conversation. So you've got a lot of content to work with and I hope, I hope something, something positive comes out of it. Last word.
1: Thank you, Robin, for the conversation. Really enjoyed it. I love, again, I love what you are doing for the community. And yeah, I look forward to following up. Look forward to seeing you in person, perhaps in uh, two weeks at the localization on conference here in Toronto. And I will Thanks be on again, the Bruno.
0: For... Thanks again, Bruno. Really appreciate it. And for our audience, if you like what we do, please like and share and comment on our content. And if you're not... A subscriber would love to have you as a subscriber it doesn't cost much just you can subscribe and and follow us along in our journey really appreciate your support thank you bruno enjoy your day
1: thank you robin hope to see you soon bye bye
0: thanks for tuning in to the localization fireside chat take the warmth of knowledge and renewed cultural passion with you keep exploring stay curious and until next time this is robin a Keep those global conversations alive.